Generations to Hunt podcast, where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Jesus. All right. So we are in Missouri. Today it's just me. I got Shawnee back, Mike back, and then our new guest, Matt. I'm going to butcher the last name. Is it Graziano? That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Spot on. He's the Italian stallion over here. <laughs> are you Italian or am I just making it? I up? am Italian. I'm I was actually talking. born in Italy, too. Yeah. Really? Dad was in the Army, American Army. I'm not going to say your last name gave it away, but it's it was your last name. <laughs> you also might be the tallest Italian person I've ever met. True. All right. So, into our trip, um, Mike, you didn't say anything. Shawnee laughed, so I guess we got to get you going, too. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. This is the first out-of-state hunt since we were in Kansas, and we had a lot of success there. So, we uh, tried to go back to Kansas again this year, and we didn't draw, so this was the backup plan. So, here we are. We are outside, so if you hear any background noise, it's probably from the fire, uh, maybe someone driving around, or us uh, lighting our cigars, which I'm just going to spoil some things, are not victory cigars. <laughs> so, uh, But I would say irrelevant of the fact that we didn't shoot anything, the trip as a whole was a success, I guess, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I guess, what are your guys' thoughts on that? You know, I think we came in... Uh, with certain expectations. I know for me, I try to think about these as best I can regarding that I'm paying for an adventure and that's the experience. And if, and if I happen to get a buck, great. If not, uh, not that I wasn't salty for the rest of the week here, but I try to remind myself that it's, uh, it was an experience <laughs> uh, and it was a great time to be around some uh, like-minded people. Matt, was this your, this your first time ever hunting out of state? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, from for, Georgia for white from Whitetail for Whitetail. Yep. So I'm from Georgia. I've always hunted in the southeast. I've I've done Georgia and Alabama, but uh, never out here in the Midwest. Was super excited to be out here. It's a totally different type of hunt. A lot of uh, ag fields, a lot of crops. Um, the deer are just totally different. But uh, man, I agree. I think this was a success. Uh, didn't come away with anything, but um, had a really good experience, a good time, um, a lot of good memories. This is only Matt's second time north of the Mason-Dixon line. Oh. In his life. I don't even know where that's at. I'm being totally <laughs> yeah. Neither. Uh, yeah, it's the imaginary line that divides half of the United States. Oh. So this is my... Am I, C- oh, I'm civil, still above it. I didn't, I didn't go civil, below it. Civil War. You know? I've, I've only been below it like twice, I guess. So yeah. don't yeah. worry, Matt. You're not alone. <laughs> um, Shawnee, I guess this is your first time ever leaving Michigan to hunt too, right? Yep. Yep, sure is. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so what did you expect, and I guess how did the trip meet those meet or not meet those expectations? Well, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. Um, I was hoping not to shoot one necessarily, but to, to see some good some good bucks in the 120-plus range. Um, and I would like for – us as a whole to get maybe one or two bucks on the ground, but um, we had a rough couple first days, um, and it picked up here in the past. Realistically, two or three days. we had three sits that were good because of the weather. The first, 
two days were 80 and windy. Day three was rainy, rainy and windy. Rainy, rainy is an understatement. So was it day f the morning of day four, Shawnee and I slept in. And, and Matt, Matt and I got soaked again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 35 mile an hour winds. I took a video of the wind blowing through the, the woods. It was unbelievable. Trees bending. I still can't believe that you guys actually hunted in that. I saw one deer. <laughs> Dude, when I heard Matt, we all woke up, and I think it was, it was either Matt or Mike was like, ah, 35 miles in gust. I was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going right back to bed. And then Steve came in and peer pressured the hell out of Matt. And Matt's oh. like, well, I feel like I got to go yeah. now. That, that was a hundred, I was 100% not going until he walked in. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my mind, and I regret it. <laughs> no, I'm joking on the cigar. Um, Shawnee, I'd say you probably had the roughest week of us as far as seeing deer and seeing bucks. Up until today. Up until today. Today was good. Yeah. Um, first day, first morning, didn't see anything. I don't remember if I saw anything at night. I, I, I only saw maybe three deer up until Tuesday night. Something like that. But you did get the decoy. How, yep. How's the decoy? Yeah, so that decoy's nice because the, the tail swishes and the head turns with the wind. Super easy to set up. Um, that was my first time using the decoy. Um, and set it up just how you're supposed to, facing towards you. I put mine about 25 yards out, and first time I set it up, I had a little, uh, I think it was a four-point come and mess with it from across the field. And then this morning... I set it up as well and had a little spike. I didn't know you set it up this morning. Yep, yep. Yeah. Matt, you had the biggest, the easily the biggest heartbreak, I think, of <clears throat> of all of us. <laughs> so why don't you explain that a little bit? Yeah, we uh, like you mentioned, we had uh, three days of horrible weather. Saw some deer in the distance, but nothing, no bucks, you know, nothing really within shooting range even. And uh, it was last night, right? Last night. Um, it was right at dusk. I mean, it was right right when it started to get dark. I had a doe walk underneath my stand, and then right behind her came two bucks. And uh, the first one I could tell was an eight-pointer. I was debating on whether it was a shooter or not. And then the second one that came out was a, a really big buck. And so I got in position with my bow, ready to shoot You know, on the trail that the, that the doe was walking. And then they turned and came behind my stand. And I'm a right-handed shooter. They came right to the right of me, right behind the tree. And uh, I didn't have a shot, so uh, I was trying to spin in the stand and turn around and get a shot, and I couldn't, and they got away. And um, one of them I ranged 20 yards out. The other one was about 35 yards out. So there's a lesson learned here, though, that he had to get around the tree, but also where he hung his backpack blocked the <laughs> uh, shot yeah. on his weak side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a bow hanger on the left side where it should be for a right-handed shooter. And I didn't see below the stand on the tree was a hook for for my bag, and uh, so I, I hung it on the on the bow stand. Oh, you had your backpack on the actual bow hook. Yeah, that's where it was. The pack oh. was on the bow hook. It was up against the tree, kind of tucked up, so I could you know hopefully get around it. But uh, I didn't think that'd be an issue. But when I turned to get a shot on the buck, it was right in the way of the bow. I couldn't get around it. And, Which uh, probably blocked a whole nother foot to eighteen oh, yeah. inches of yeah, uh, shooting length. Did you get to full draw? No. 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 No, I, I couldn't get around enough to get to where I could line up on the buck. But and it takes him a long time to draw back because he's so yeah, tall. Like a that's, that's true. Draw. That's true. It's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm going to so. be honest with you. There's not a lot of times I look to my weak side to try and shoot or even look for deer. I just wait for them to get out in front of me on that side. Well, another lesson learned is I should have because I think they were chasing the doe. And even though the doe went in front of me, you know, they came behind me. I was thinking they were going to cross the river and go straight behind me. But they, I think they were going to end up going around the backside. Yeah. Well, so things, I could have waited. But Things speed up when you have a buck. I mean, And oh, it yeah. was almost dark, so you didn't know the time. It was getting time. dark, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I'd say I had the best of luck and still didn't shoot a deer. I seen deer every time we sat. And I seen a lot of bucks. You uh, saw a lot of bucks one night. You were just like text after text after yeah. text after text. You could have well, had yeah. one down if you listened to the outfitter. <laughs> yeah, could have. <laughs> On the yeah. last sit. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I seen the buck the first morning. And then the rainy night, I seen a buck. And then last night, I seen, I think, like six. And one had to have been all of 140, 150. And then another one, probably 130. And then I had uh, about a 100-incher and about a 115, the old 500 and find out bucks. Uh, <laughs> they were they were right up underneath to me. And uh, let's let's talk about the 500 and find out. <laughs> so we're here at Rustic Creek Outfitters in Brazier, Missouri, and Stephen, the outfitter, has just been awesome. Food's been great, and uh, there is a minimum here though. So if you shoot anything under 125, you have to pay a $500 fee, and. Um, there was a few bucks that came through that we were saying, all right, you know what? That's close enough that it's pay your $500 and find out. <laughs> yeah. Like, We're going to put it on the wall. So you know what? If it's an extra 500 bucks for the trip, so be it. So uh, midway through, we started labeling them 500 and find outs. But I seen another one of those this morning and still couldn't get a shot. So Not that you d- you would have shot it oh, to yeah, find yeah. out. You just didn't get a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I would have found out for sure. But. And then tonight, I just seen a little itty bitty eight point. What are your thoughts on the size of the property and trying to hunt it opposed to Michigan? Because it's, oh, it's a big it's change. Way different. So mm-hmm. it's, I mean, we have ag in Michigan and we have woods in Michigan, which is the same that you have here. The difference is here; it is much larger. Uh, like the main farm, I think, was nine hundred and fifty acres. I would say at least eight hundred of it was probably field. And just on that piece, we're talking 20-ish stands. Yeah. You know, this is something I thought about a bit here is that for an outfitter, he he literally has to place stands based on all different wind directions. So there's always somewhere to sit. So a lot of these stands where we only could hunt the first day, which is a big thing too, He this farm isn't necessarily set up for a south wind. And the whole first two and a half days were all south winds, which kind of killed us. Yeah. But he had to, he has to set up stands in so many different ways. I'd never really thought about that. Even as even as we set up our own hunting properties, are we putting our own stands in those areas to make sure that we can not just get the primary wind, but we can always have good spots to go with different types of wind? We left the tree stands up that were there when you bought the property. Right. Facts. <laughs> so I'm going to guess Facts. no. We did not. I bet you guys uh, just bought property in Alabama. You, how many stands do you guys have out there? <laughs> Two, three. Yeah, we we've only had it we, for five weeks. We and, just closed uh, on it. Hopefully, none of our uh, some of our family or friends listen to this because we haven't told them yet. So if they hear about it on a podcast, they will not be pleased with us. Uh, but yeah, Matt and I just uh, went in together on 122 acres in uh, eastern Alabama, about an hour drive from where we live. Um, so we just got some trail cameras up, and we've hung two stands so far. 
posted the property edges and all that. But um, we didn't tell you guys that it was kind of quiet and confidential. But I don't know uh, how good Joe spoiler is alert: editing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got about a week, so just make some phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the other thing too on this property, he talked a lot about the thermals and and how the river plays with the thermals. And I didn't think about that with our property, but. The whole time I was thinking about how we can hunt the river differently based on the thermals going toward the river. Well, yeah, the had... river here was a lot like Kansas, actually. Yeah. Where, where Minkus and I hunted, where I killed my buck in Kansas, behind me there was a, a river that had like a 30-foot straight drop-off that you couldn't really get out of. And, and the river that ran through this property was the same way. It was steep, steep banks that dropped off. Not, I mean, the river was actually really, really low because they've had a drought most of the year, like most of the Midwest. Um but yeah, Matt, that's our property in Alabama has extreme topographical changes and inclines. And there's some hills that you literally can't hunt because you can't climb back up and you can't drag a deer up. So, um, yeah, and this, out here was a lot more like rolling hills than what we're used to in Michigan. Like Michigan is just flat land. You don't have to worry about thermals and things like that. And here it definitely played a bigger part than I guess I expected. Um, but. I felt like Steve put us in position. I never, I don't think I got winded a single time. Um, he was pretty good about letting us kind of make the decisions and like talk through it. But if I felt like when I was in a tree stand, I was in a position to succeed every time I was there. And this is, this is your, both of your first outfitting hunts, right? Yeah. Matt, have you been on an outfitted no, hunt before? This is my first, I've done a duck hunt before, but not, okay. not whitetail. And I did a caribou hunt, but it was, it was in Canada, so you have to go through an outfitter to get your tag. But they pretty much just give you a place to stay in food. They don't help you with the hunting. Um, and, you know, I think I think he exceeded, even though none of us killed, I, I think he exceeded all of our expectations just in the fact of the type of person that he was and hanging out. So for those that are looking to go with an outfitter, um, it's not even so much about the acreage that they have or the lodging, but he just kind of fit our vibe, right? We weren't looking for something that was super, uh, like five star bougie. He was just real, real people would hang out with us. The food was great. Uh, and he was talking shit with us the whole time and going back and forth, which was awesome. And, and he had, I mean, sorry, Matt, go ahead. Well, I just, and I appreciated his, he was working hard to get us on deer and, and make us comfortable and, and try to make us have a good experience. That's what I really appreciate about him. He was running, you know, laps trying to get us out to certain stands and they might be opposite ends of the property based on what we were trying to do. And he was, you know, calling his cousin to come out and help us and, and get out there on time and stuff like that. So, yeah. The other thing he did, uh, I know Mike, day one this probably wasn't great for you but the way he marked stands so shawnee and i talked about it before we went down there and i kind of was hoping we talked about it i wanted him to walk me out to the stand well he didn't walk us out to the stand he did offer if we wanted to but i'm so glad he didn't well he would he asked the question are you going to walk us out he goes if you can't find this you shouldn't be hunting is what he said <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and he is not wrong no he had these stands marked like you'd have had to really just take some just, just not listen, honestly, to get there because he had a marked and flagged really, really well. You know, we bust people's chops. I think I've heard you guys on the podcast busting people's chops for using the flagging tape and the reflective pins and all that all the time on state land because it's yeah. just like you can see it glowing. But out here, he didn't mark them from the road because he didn't want people coming in and taking yep. his stuff. Uh, but essentially, you'd walk these these ditches where there was a little bit of CRP growing up, and as soon as you got to any point in question, he had it flagged and cleared Um the only reason I had trouble the very first time is because there was old flagging tape up from the yeah. prior outfitter that had, that used to lease this land, and I got turned around a little bit. The other thing he did a really good job of is how we entered properties. 
Like, <clears throat> there were certain days where, or even like difference in morning or night where you could park somewhere, but we would go back to that same spot and he would be like, no, like you need to park somewhere else because these deer might come across at night or something like that. And so even though we might have to walk longer or something like that, or he would say, hey, uh, I'm going to drop you off. We'd have one of us drop someone off instead of having a car there so that way it didn't spook the deer and, and ruin somebody's hunt, which I thought was really cool. Yep. And he was really good about saying, hey, you're not going to hunt this stand in the morning. There was this alfalfa field that you know was loaded uh, the one night you hunted, Minkus. That's where you saw a lot of your bucks at. He um, He's like, look, you can't hunt there in the morning because they're, they're going to be there feeding. So you're going to push them all out, and then you're just not going to see anything. So he was really good about that. The food, like I'll tell you. I don't know what my expectations were of the food, but the food was phenomenal. Is that old cat dog? Sorry. You know what else was phenomenal is, uh, Shawnee, you should talk about this because you hung out for the first uh, day, I think, with Bo. I don't even know if you went to the oh woods. Oh, my gosh. This um, dog is amazing. But he's got, um, he's got a couple dogs that are here that uh, are outside. And Minkus pulled up first day. Well, Minkus, why don't you talk about this because you were stuck in your car. You were afraid to get out. Yeah, so we pull up, and Steve's not here yet. I think he had to go into town or something like that. And so we beat him here, and so I pull up, and there's this just beefy-looking pit bull. And it doesn't bark. It doesn't do anything. It just kind of looks at us. And I got, like, a little nervous because I'm just – I don't do well with – Because the pit bull mix that you had was an absolute asshole. She wasn't nice, no. Um, but, like – I and I just – I'm not good with dogs I don't know. So I just, like, stayed in my truck. And then – Steve got here, and uh, we got out and come to find out that this dog is an absolute baby. Like, he would uh, rather lay in your lap than ever try to bite you. <laughs> what are you guys doing? That, oh, and then we got Cat Dog, the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Which we found out today is actually a cartoon that Matt's kids watch, Cat Dog. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that must be how why he's named that. But, yeah, these, these animals are awesome. I think he had two more dogs today. Yeah, that we're just hanging out with Bo. Awesome dogs. He didn't catch the blue healer, by the way. I think he's still here. Yeah, he <laughs> that'll be fine. But no, Bo would just stay outside, and like uh, we would just. I think every day we we wouldn't we never pet him in the morning because we didn't want him to get on all of our clothes. But man, we come back and first thing you're done is you're just greeted by Bo running up to you. Oh, to try he and makes you feel that. so much. He's guilt. like the best farm dog you could ever ask for. <laughs> yeah. And then the tricks that the other dog was doing today was just incredible. Oh, yeah. These are pit bulls, too, by the way, not dogs yeah. that typically. Yeah, this isn't this isn't tricks. Lassie. Like mm. this pit bull, he took a piece of pepper stick and the dog lifted its head up and he put it on its nose and he just sat there. And then he was like, all right, go get it. And then he did it. And then he just threw a couple out and, uh, like, told the dog not to go get them. And then, like, he would tell the dog to go get one or something like that and then stop it. And the dog on command would just stop. It was crazy. I, my dumbass beagles can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. This, um, Kansas was hard, right? We were there 11 days. We hunted our ass off. There were highs yeah. and lows. Uh, we got here the first day. And my bow wasn't shooting right. Yep. The very first day we got here, we started shooting our bows, and I was consistently like three to four inches right. Uh, and we tried to, uh, and the sight was maxed out to that side. And uh, another example, remember if you guys remember last year in Kansas, Minkus's sight came loose in the trip, and he had to tighten it all up. 
And we get here, so I had to move my rest, or so we thought we were going to do, and uh, brand brand new rest that I just put on this Matthews that I bought, <laughs> and uh, they stripped it out, so you couldn't loosen the set screw to even adjust it. So Minkus, in his extreme handyman skills, um, <laughs> fixed it somehow. I don't even know exactly what I he did. I just moved, so there's three little screws on your uh, where the prongs come up, and I just moved it over. Yeah, and it worked. We were fixed. Yeah, and... That was what set everything off with Steve. He was like, oh, damn, this kid's a genius. Steve and I got along well. <laughs> Steve and I uh, might be best friends now. I think you guys might be siblings, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I could tell you my yeah my expectations over reality, like even without shooting a deer, were blown away. Even even with the extreme heat, like, I'll tell you right now, if we would have had the weather we had <clears throat> these last two days, I truly think we would have killed deer. I mean, oh, yeah. every single person here seen a shooter buck, um, and, the, you know, just one way or another, it, it didn't come together, but, I mean... Well, we should have had 10 sits, right? And we yeah. essentially only had three that were actually ideal hunting circumstances. Yep. And those three were everything I could have imagined. I've seen more 120-inch bucks in three sits than I probably will the entire rest of my season in Michigan. Matt, what do you think? You're just being real quiet over there. Just so we're clear, this is normal, Matt. I've tried the entire <laughs> six months leading up to this. He did He did talk a little bit, but uh, he's just a quiet guy. Yeah, I mean, this is my pace. We're, we're sitting in Missouri at the end of our hunt. It's, uh, what, 40-something degrees outside under the stars. We're by a campfire. This is, like, as good as it gets. And uh, I'm with you. I, I think I had an awesome time. Um, I feel like the first three, three-and-a-half days were a bit of a wash just because of the weather. But you can't control that. Uh, we had a guide that was really trying to help us get on deer and then Really, the last two days were uh, they were exciting. So even though the f none of us shot a deer, we never even pulled a bow back. I don't think. No, you no, did. None of us flung an arrow. <laughs> <And> a button buck. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly. That's not how it went down. Um, Five hundred. Find out. <laughs> something was coming out, and it was getting dark, so I pulled back, and uh, it ended up being a button buck. So I put it back down. Um, would you come back, Matt? Yeah, I would. I would. Um, yeah. Would you bring your own bed? 100%. So <laughs> so that's the other part of this. Is the, the lodging was, uh, I guess this is like an old farmhouse on the property. Um, owned by the Amish, actually. Owned, owned by the Amish. There's two bedrooms, some bunk beds. Uh, I'm six foot five, maybe six foot six. Uh, the bed was probably five and a half feet long. <laughs> uh, so I was on my side, knees bent, trying to sleep. But uh, it's okay. Regardless, I would be back the here. The tree really stands cool. weren't exactly built for you either. No, no, that's the other thing. So some, some of them were. There, there was two types, and and one of them was a full platform, and the seat was a little bit taller, so I could, you know, actually stand up, you know, in a seated position, both hands on the bow if I needed to. The other type had a smaller platform that was short, and the seat was lower, so my knees were up to my, you know, to my chest. Uh, and so in order to stand, I had to grab the bar and pull up. Uh, so I had to take one hand off the bow. So that was that was a bit of a challenge. Yeah. It's like uh, if if you think about uh, if you're looking at the base of the tree stand, the short ones, the base doesn't extend all the way back to the tree, so it's only out in front of you, and it's probably only a foot long, which doesn't even Matt, Matt probably wears like an 18 inch shoe, so his foot is going over the top of it. Uh, and then some of the other ones, but um, 
you could tell some of those were, you know, probably more traditional rifle stands. Yeah. Because they had shooting rails versus the other yeah. ones are, are maybe meant for more archery. Well, the other thing, and Stevens was his fourth year doing this. So, I mean, he had so many stands. I couldn't imagine, like, even these stands probably went 120 to 150 a piece, uh, maybe discounted, and he's got almost 40 of them. Well, and this was a bit of a value hunt for us, right? We put yeah. a deposit down in Kansas. Um, we still had that time block, so we decided to come, but we don't want to spend a bunch of money. So uh, if we would have went anywhere else in Missouri, even around here, we would have spent 30%, 40% more. Oh, yeah, the price. The price of this place, like, <clears throat> made us a little nervous, right? Because, you know, the saying, you, you, you pay for what you get. And so we got a little bit nervous about— The saying's the other way. You get what you pay for. But go ahead. Continue. <laughs> I was in the ballpark. Um, and so we were nervous, like, man, like, what if we get out there and it, and it sucks? But I can tell you <clears throat> it was it was fantastic. The, the money we paid to get what we got, even with the shitty weather, was amazing. We couldn't have found a hotel and ate like we did, mm. even without the hunting, for that price. I will say Steve needs to uh, put the tuna steak last. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be a great way to end the hunt with tuna steaks that were unbelievable. Man, because I want to ask you a question, because you and I talked about this before. You don't even know where I'm going because we haven't talked about this in a while. Can't wait. I, I, I asked you before. I said, hey, you know, we're supposed to tip outfitters. And you said, I ain't tipping no mother outfitter. I don't like know if that, I worded I, it I'm quite already, like that. I'm already paying them $1,500 to be here. That's their money they get. How do you feel about that now? Oh, I'm definitely tipping him, even without shooting a deer. It, because... The amount of work he put in the first three days with that shitty weather was insane. Like, he was – hold on, i got to hit my cigar. Um, he was <clears throat> running us around. and then, Now, mind you, there's two other guys he had to take care of in camp too. So he was running them around, <clears throat> running us around, um, coming back, cooking food, because it's just him and then his girlfriend and his cousin kind of helped out. So it's not like this is a huge operation. And the amount of work he put in and everything, and then just the I'm gonna I'm gonna say camaraderie, and Joe's gonna be so jealous because you said it right. Yeah, and uh, and everything, 100%. I think that it's worth the tip uh, because you know, yeah, we paid you know a decent amount of money to come out here, but it was the effort that he put in that I think. Highly, highly deserves a tip. This guy doesn't even get the hunt anymore because he's he's strictly doing outfitting and helping us get on deer. He said that. He said it's it's work now. It's not fun. I don't get to do it as much yeah, as I want he gets to. to. He gets to sneak out every now and again. And if if anybody's listening, doubting this guy, he's he's after two hundred inch deer. When he can go out, that's what he's shooting for. Well, we walked in, and uh, some of the deer that he's got are up on the wall inside this house, and they are in inc- some of the mass on these deer are just yeah. insane. Yep. He's got one deer where the it broke its nose. It's a cool European mount. It's I think a 120 inch deer, but it's got like it got hit by a car or something, and its nose is all messed up. That that's a pretty cool yeah. The, the deer snout there. of it, I don't know if that's what you call it on a deer, but essentially the snout of it was like torqued to the right a couple yeah. like in, off like a full inch and a half. It looked really cool. <clears throat> but he went out a couple times. We were here, you know, like while like he would drop us off or whatever, and then go sit for a little while. And he had about the exact same amount of luck as we did. Um, 
he did make sure to let me see the pictures of the deer in the alfalfa field that I could have shot had I just sat there. <laughs> yeah, that was the other cool thing. He had a bunch of cell, um, cell cams put out on the property. And so while we were sitting, he would actually text us and say, hey, you know, you guys seen anything? And he'd send us pictures of the deer that are in the different fields that we were not sitting in, unfortunately. <laughs> but it was cool to see that, like, in live time. I will say, we talked about this on the last podcast, we thought that you could bait in Missouri, and you can't. So there was no... There were no feeders or anything uh, of that sort. You were just hunting mainly large soybean fields, um, and then the like a lot of hardwood forests. I don't know. If, are they large enough to be forests? Yeah, it's more like timber tracks. Yeah, but it was <clears throat> like the mornings were harder because you, you'd want to get in where they bed, but. The woods were so thick that if you tried to get in there, you would just, I mean, you would ruin it. You'd be blowing everything out. But uh, the tree stand, so I'm not sure. I think we talked about it a little bit. I, even when it was warm out, always got the feeling like this is a fantastic spot to put this tree stand. Like every single time. Facts. I only had one spot. That I wasn't a big fan of. I think Matt had one spot he wasn't a fan of, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve almost beat someone up while we were here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. Tell that story, Matt. I forgot about that. Yeah, he, so he put me on this um, this farm. It was basically like a cattle farm, and it had this little patch of trees with a pond in the middle of it. And uh, he had a couple of food plots just around the, the, the tree edge. And he said, you know, you won't see a lot of deer, but when you do, like, you're going to see a shooter. And so he put me up there in the morning. Um, and the whole, the whole ride in, he kept talking about how frustrated he is with not the landowner, but the guy that's, I guess, the farmer that's leasing the land to do the cattle. And they, they butt heads and they don't see eye to eye. And uh, anyways, I was in the stand and I, probably 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, I hear a side-by-side pull up and it pulled up right next to the field edge I was at. And uh, somebody got out and started just uh, driving fence stakes all along the a tree line. A lady, yeah, yeah. got out and just, I mean, beating metal on metal. And um, so I oh, texted Steve. How far Steve, from you? Uh, Two hundred feet. I mean, it was <laughs> it was right there. I, I could have yelled at her. So I t- I took a picture of her and I texted Steve and I said, Hey man, somebody's out here. And he said, um, Stay there. I'll be right there. And he came down. I mean, five minutes later, he was just cruising right after this this lady. He was bad out of hell. Oh, he was. I could see his face like he was furious. And he went and talked. He went and yelled at her, and, and she's just a worker. She's like, oh, I don't know. He told me to come put the fence up or whatever. So, uh, he, anyways, he came back, picked me up, brought me back to camp. My hunt was over. Um, but apparently the 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 guy that's the farmer who's who's leasing from the landowners, moving the the fence, the cattle fence, back onto the property he's leasing. That's where I was confused because you said they were putting a fence in. I'm looking at where you're sitting. Uh because we have that friend, that friend locator on hunt stand. I'm like, you're in the middle of the property. Why? Where the hell are they putting a fence? Yeah. At? So they were opening up the fence, trying to open the the old fence in and and let the cattle into this new piece of property to expand it. But I mean, it was putting the cattle right into where he's hunting. So yeah, he was not thrilled. No, he was he so upset. Was not at all. So if the farmer's listening to this, uh, or the <laughs> landowner is, uh, you're probably not renewing this hunting lease, there, buddy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He. Because. Uh, um, what is it? Was it a hayfield or? Because uh, I didn't get to drive. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. hayfield. Because yeah. they also, I, he said they'll put them on like just these other just random like soybean fields and stuff too to graze. But yeah, that was uh, 
that was pretty comical because he uh, we got back to camp and he was still he was still pretty Fuming. fired up about it. <laughs> it was, like <clears throat> some people, I guess, might question why you were there, but I mean, he I don't think he expected that to happen as far as them to be out there at that time uh, to be fucking. <laughs> <laughs> driving in fence posts. Yeah, and he he had a couple of food plots that were out there, and he said, I mean, they, they hold deer a lot. So it, it looked like it could have been a decent stand, but just need the farmer to stay off of it. You know, the other thing I don't want to forget, Matt, we, um, you and I saw an animal that I don't think either of us expected to see in Missouri. Bobcat? Bobcat. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I had a morning hunt, and a little bobcat came out, and it was, I mean, I, it was the size of a house cat, but it looked just like a bobcat. I think yeah, I actually told I you know. I thought it was a house cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was pretty exciting. I've seen a ton of turkeys, <clears throat> one coyote, and then a, a bunch of deer. No I saw the I saw the bobcat last night. Same, it might have been the same bobcat because we weren't that far apart. But it was this tiny little bobcat. Uh, I had a, a a doe and two fawns that were sitting next to me feeding for I don't know forty five minutes, and they spook off, and I'm like, I know my wind didn't jump them, I didn't move. What happened? And I see this bobcat like pouncing through the grass, trying to chase them down. Did you guys feel like the deer <clears throat> were pressured at all? Not even a little bit. No. I when I when we came down here, I think I thought they would be. I'm like, okay, he's got twenty stands, he's got people coming through. I mean, we pretty much, outside of Shawnee, you moved a couple different properties, but we pretty much primarily hunted the one 900-acre section. He's got 2,600 acres. We stayed mostly on the 950-acre section, but I didn't I didn't feel like they were pressured a lot. No, I didn't either. And I'll be honest, when we got here, I looked at the map, and I kind of was frustrated because I saw how little timber there was. I mean, a lot of it's field. And in Georgia, it's all, all you hunt is timber. I mean, that's what you hunt. So you need a lot of acreage, and, and you kind of space yourself out. Here, the way the stands were set up, I was like, man, we're going to be hunting on top of each other. There's no space. We're going to be hunting the same deer. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, the deer come out of the woods. They go into the ag fields. They'll, you know, and, and I think Mike and I were hunting the same timber track. Um, but it felt like there was no pressure on the deer. In the five days we were here, I think there's only one time in a hunt where we saw the same deer. When the bobcat spooked off those yep. does, I think they ran over they ran to over you. They ran over to me, yeah. Um, it looks like you're closer together, but at one point on Onyx, I actually measured a distance from where Minkus was sitting to where I was because he was saying the bucks just left heading. I thought he was saying heading towards us. We're 1.4 miles apart on the same piece of property. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know how many times I would have deer in range, whether they'd be directly under me or not. And the tree stands didn't have as much cover as I'm used to. And these deer didn't so much as even act like they'd been hunted. Even this, even tonight, I mean, that little eight point, he come out, I don't know, 10 yards and looked right up at me and was directly downwind of me and then just decided, oh, like, it's fine and just moved on. You know, I thought about this a little bit because I, um, I brought my XOP, like, portable mobile setup just to move around a little bit. And, you know, we're, I think we're used to hunting clamp-ons, so we need a lot more cover. He's clearing for ladder stands, yeah. but what he did do is we were never getting skylined at all. Wherever no. we were and the deer came out, there was large timber behind us. So we might not yep. have had as much I cover. I that. There might not have been as much cover right near us, but there was a lot of cover on a backdrop behind us, which yep. which helped a lot. Yep. yep. Yeah, I, uh, I, that is one thing with an outfitter, because I've heard some horror stories of just, just essentially running people through here. 
and or not through here but through other places and you know by the time we get there i was like oh like these deer have been hunted hard and maybe they had but i can tell you like some of the stands like we sat in hadn't been sat in in over a week Weeks, you know like yeah. the the stand i sat in tonight he said the last time someone sat in there was a week ago today you know and and you could tell i mean the deer you didn't see a ton of deer. I mean, again, it's not Michigan. You're not going to see 30, 40 deer a night. But, I mean, you consistently seen deer once the weather changed. It was more deer than we were seeing on average per sit in Kansas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By far. I mean, I think i seen like six deer in the entire two weeks in Kansas. And you saw, you saw more shooters here in five days than you did the 11 days in Kansas. Uh, in two sits. I mean, i seen yeah. three last night. Yeah. And you only saw two in Kansas. Yeah, and then I seen another one this morning. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I if there's anything I wish is we could have got the weather we got the last two days the entire time, and uh, I'll guarantee you somebody would have put a buck on the ground. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I don't even know how much time. I, it's dark out here. I can't see anything. I didn't come prepared. I messed this whole thing up to start. Oh, we got plenty of time, guys. <laughs> oh. oh man! Oh gosh, I can't. Minkus, why don't you Whoa. talk about? Why don't you talk about the? Um, you haven't really talked about the one sit that you had where you saw all the shooters all at once. Because all I know is my phone was blowing up. Shooter, 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 like for an hour and a half straight. It uh, was. I feel like your heart rate was probably 150 beats per minute for about an hour and a half. It was crazy. I, it was like n- none of them were close. But what happened was, is I was sitting just on a fence line, essentially, overlooking this, like, hay field that he, <laughs> he doesn't have very good luck with farmers, but um, <laughs> this hay field that he originally planted into, like, a turnip food plot, and then the farmer decided that he wanted to put it into hay, and then dissed all of his turnips under and uh, made it a hay field. So it was like a turnip hay field mix, and then... To one side was just all large timber, and then behind me was just a soybean field. Well, Weren't you, on, you were on an alfalfa field, though, too, on the other side, right? Yeah, I was facing the alfalfa yeah. field. Um, I don't remember what time it was, maybe 4, 4.30. <clears throat> I seen three does pop out right where he told me they were going to, and they start walking down the edge just like he said they would. Well, then they kind of popped in short time later. Another doe and a fawn walk out across, and then there was about 30 minutes where nothing really happened. And then I looked back um, and behind me and to my left, and I just caught antlers through, like, uh, the leaves. So I put my binox on them, and a giant – we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, a giant <laughs> is uh, – is is pushing a doe like 200 yards away, and I was, and it, even at 200 yards, I started immediately like adrenaline up. Even though I knew the deer wasn't going to come to me, then like five minutes later, I look over in the back corner of the field. Here comes a doe. Here comes a fawn, and then a little buck steps out. And then like two minutes later, here comes a big buck. And at 300 yards, even with my uh, binocs, I can very clearly see that it's it's a very good buck. And then behind that one comes out another pretty good buck. Well, that big buck just bullied everything off the field away from the does. Like, he didn't really chase the does at all, but he just kept, like, 
if any of those bucks tried to get near them does, he was just pushing them off, pushing them into the field or pushing them back into the woods. Well, then... <clears throat> Um, I'm excited I, for the next part because Joe is adamantly against any calling or rattling or anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the next part of the story uh, will show that situationally it can be effective. Yes, yeah, so it was like, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes later. And it was kind of windy, and I smashed my rattling antlers together. I mean, I hit them hard. And like a minute after I hit them, boom, pops out 115, 120-inch buck. The old 500 and find outs, you know. <laughs> And uh, my heart was racing because you could tell he came out because he heard it. Because he came out and he stood on the edge of the field for like five minutes and just looked around. He wanted to see where that came from. And That's what, where having that decoy that Shawnee was rocking uh, with would have been I'd helpful. If I had the decoy, this deer would have been all up on me. But he ended up, because he couldn't see anything, he went back into the woods and then, like, 10 minutes later, he actually moved down about 50 yards and popped back out. Um, but this time, you could tell he wasn't looking for anything. He kind of came out, was milling around. Um, he made a scrape, and I it was windy, so he could, like, I would grunt, and he couldn't really hear it. And then I, I hit it real loud, and he popped his head up so fast and did the same thing. He just, he was looking to see where this was coming from like what is there's no deer over there you know so he he kept acting like he wanted to come like that deer wanted to come so bad but he just <laughs> he just couldn't like he didn't see anything so he would he wasn't going to commit and then he pops back into the woods and then as it's getting dark out he pops back out with another smaller buck and they proceed to walk directly to me how close five yards but it was dark enough that you couldn't you had to look through your binos in order to see these bucks at five yards yeah to differentiate which one was a small one or the big one i had to look through my binos and they walked right underneath of me uh and i couldn't shoot them and then they ended up getting downwind and, and so at that point you definitely couldn't see your pin no i actually even pulled back after they walked away because i was like well maybe and now zero percent chance um the little buck is actually the one who kind of, bu like, buggered up. He, I'm not sure if he winded me or seen me kind of moving around a little with the binox, but he kind of buggered off. And then that same buck was in that food plot tonight, and Steve said something about sitting there, and I was just like, well, I don't know. And then so he come up with another stand, and then at, like, I don't know, 6 o'clock, he was sent us pictures of that same buck in that food plot that I, I would have been able to shoot. So that was super cool. <laughs> How many bucks did you see that night? Six, I think. It was six in total. And four of them were shooters. Four were shooters. And that was the same night that I saw the two shooters that came well, up on me. So. two of them were for sure shooters. One was a borderline. The other one I wasn't going to shoot. It was a hundred. It was a good buck. In Michigan, eh, there was a good chance he's getting shot. But down here, especially when I seen all that, I wouldn't have shot. It was this morning that I seen the other shooter. And he came out about 40 yards, but... It was like 40, 50 yards. I needed to be 20 yards farther down that hill to shoot that deer. But he didn't come into calling. He just came in. He was just going back to bed. That's all he was doing. I grunted at him, and he was just like, yeah, super cool, man, and just walked back in there. And that was our first day of good weather. That was right after the rain, the yeah. wind. It was that evening. I think everyone's seen a buck that night. That was the same night you seen your shooter buck. Yep. Uh, I did not. Oh. 
Shawnee, that was a Shawnee's first time seeing a buck was that night. Like his third deer, too. Mm-hmm. I will tell you what. I got to experience this last year. I bought that decoy to go to Kansas, and I got that video of those two small bucks jumping back and forth and coming in on the decoy and leaving and back and, and all that. Shawnee, you got to see that yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. You got a, you got a video of it, too, right? I, well, of that I mean, little four corn? Yep, I saw one on the decoy this morning, too, a little spike. What did it do? How was that? Was it cool to see? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I mean, it don't matter that the, the buck's small, but just seeing it in action is really cool because this thing comes in from 200 yards away to mess with this thing, but then it gets a little close and gets a sniff, jumps back 10 yards, comes back in, sniffs it again, jumps back, and eventually walks off, but it's pretty cool to see how the, those things but work. But had, had a shooter done the same thing, you could have shot that buck five times over. I would have dumped him. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, shit, I had, oh, Binox. <laughs> yeah, this let's talk. Hang on, let's let's talk about this because his harness says binos. It's my backpack. So every time I l- I've listened to every episode of Generations to Hunt, right? So in order, as soon as it comes out, I drive quite a bit for work back and forth to the office. So I um I listen to them quite regularly, and Joe unable to say camaraderie, <laughs> and then Minkus every time you guys know him as Matt, but we all call him Minkus. Um, every time he talks about his binoculars, he says binox, and I'm I'm no I've never heard anyone say that before. When I he, when I listened to the podcast on the way up here, I thought that was like a Michigan thing. I didn't know that was <laughs> just a Minkus thing. No, it's a like he's a proud graduate of Corona High School thing. <laughs> you graduated from Owasso. Owasso is so? a very good educational school. That's why we're bad at sports. Yeah, that makes logical sense. Uh, but anyways, so I'm so we polled everyone that was in the hunt camp uh, here, and we said, okay, how, what do you call these? And they said, binos, binos. Matt goes, binos. Shawnee goes, definitely binos. And Mikas goes, no, it says binox right on my hardest. And he pulls up his hardest, clearly says binos. Even Steve uh, said binos. Yeah, you're the only one that says binox. I can't change it. It just, I don't know why. I just like it. I mean, people know what you're saying. You just, yeah. you know. You guys were, like, bothered by it. I'm bothered by it every episode I listen to and you talk about it. <laughs> it I, I, it, It's not going to change. It's, and, it's, and, Joe, if you're listening to this, you know, there are there are some well, synonyms. going to edit all this? There are some <laughs> synonyms of camaraderie that are probably easier, maybe togetherness, <laughs> fellowship. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of words that you can use that you might be able to pronounce correctly. <laughs> he's, he's never bringing you back. Because <laughs> he's going to edit all of this. I'm not even going to tell. I'm just going to let him listen to it and wait for the text message. Like, what the fuck? Well, that's part of the camaraderie is busting each other's balls. Yeah. Or togetherness or fellowship, whatever you want to call it. Uh. <laughs> What's um? I, I feel like you started down the path of Binox and then we got off, off track here. Was there something about it? Or just the word? Just you guys judging me. I oh, okay. I say it for five days. Yep. Steve Steve liked it. He might have disagreed with it, but I'll tell you, Steve and I, I'm we talked about it earlier, but I uh, I'm amazed at uh, how well Steve and I got along. <laughs> I thought for <laughs> sure we were getting kicked out, especially because yeah. day one, like I didn't even ease into it. He uh, we we were seeing a bunch of raccoons. <laughs> and fucking Steve Steve, what do you call him? He goes called him a snack panda. 
No, 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 Snack Bandit. Snack Bandit. Bandit. (laughs) So I replied to the text because we were on a group text. I said, one of them Snack Bandits comes over here to steal my uh, snacks. I'm going to drop that motherfucker. And he thought that was the funniest. So what's funny is is there was two text chains going. There was one that that the outfitter Steven was in. And then there was just the four of us. And right after you sent that to the one with Steven in it, you responded to us. I was like, well, let's see how this goes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He loved it. He did. That and Bo's cold shoulder. Oh, he, oh yeah. he said he laughed so hard he almost drove off the road when he did that. That was He loved that one. By the end of it, he was sending us GIFs that were also hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Is it GIFs or GIFs? It's GIFs. No, totally it's GIFs. GIFs. It's GIFs. I'm pretty sure it's GIFs. So you just gave Joe all that shit and you can't even pronounce a three-letter word. <laughs> You're a whole doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any other ma- what are other major things here in Missouri that people want to know? Uh, I will say the roads. Oh, oh God, they're the roads. dusty. They're way better than Kansas, though. They are dusty. The dirt roads are better. They take better <laughs> care of the dirt roads here than they do the paved roads here. Paved True. roads are rough. Also, the road we had to take to the main farm was the equivalent to a roller coaster every day. You oh, go yeah. up and down these hills, and your stomach it, would just go into your The speed limit was 55. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, it, at one point, Matt was, like, double buckling up his seatbelt because <laughs> Minkus was driving like crazy. Yeah. Um, All the roads are, are, like, freshly graded, too, though. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty nice besides for the dust. <laughs> Dude, Matt got smoked by a semi. I was coming out of a morning hunt waiting for Minkus to come pick me up <laughs> on the side of the road. In a semi, I came barreling down the road and just kicked up a cloud of dust. I had to, like, get down in the ditch and hide my face. <laughs> like it was a tornado? Like, oh, when yeah. I pulled over on the side of the road, when it passed me, I couldn't see anything in front of me. Well, we did this the one time. It was one of the 80-degree days. Uh, and we were going down the road at a good clip, I don't know, 35 miles an hour or so. And we get to a turn, and we turn right, but we got to stop and wait for this car. Well, Minkus's window, or Shawnee's window is still down. I can't remember who was with me. And all the dust that we had just kicked up, <laughs> comes all, all of it comes oh, in the yeah, truck. Oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> it missed me and went straight to you. <laughs> I didn't know that that happened. Yeah, it was just me and Mike. Yeah. Um, also, in my experience, if you're looking for big buck destinations – you need to find a town that has less than 500 people. In yeah, it. did you see the sign? Oh, 273. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, wherever we stayed in Kansas, Kansas like couldn't have had more eight. than that. No chance. Um, we didn't get recognized as out-of-towners. We, did we only have, went out once, though. Yep, and uh, very sassy waitress to start. <laughs> But uh, she opened up at the end. She though. did open up. I thought she was going to punch us when when she said, "Any if you guys anything else, let me know." And she started walking away. And back goes maybe a smile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think she heard him, uh, but I was like, "Oh, dude, she's going to spit in our food for sure." And I'm not normally like that either. Oh, but. she was aggressive to yeah. start. <laughs> like she, uh, I've never had a waitress quite. She was busting her ass. The whole she was yeah. managing every table in the whole restaurant by herself. But. All four tables. On a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is she did come and warn us uh, about the cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, she said, yeah, hey, guys, pretty much go the other way because the cop's waiting down here. Goodness. He's the only cop within 100 miles. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What we didn't get to go see is uh, Drury's Missouri Missouri Farm yeah. is not too yeah. far from here. He said it was within like 20 minutes. He offered to go drive us over there. Um, you know, the juries have multiple farms, and uh, and one of them is within 30 minutes. 
Yeah, it's actually out. Which tells you about the quality of deer in the area. I would say, based on his map, it's within maybe 20 miles, if that. I don't even know if it's that far. Because one place that he either, I'm not sure if he used to hunt or still can hunt, it's in a straight line was 5.7 miles. And it's yeah. like, it's not far from where we're at at all. Oh, beer's going through me. It's a good thing we don't have to wake up at 4 in the morning. I know. Because I wouldn't be about it. You think our buddies are going to wake up at 4 in the morning? Uh, well, he didn't go hunt tonight, and it was one of the best nights that they had. And then he was talking about buying a farm in yeah. in Missouri. He's like, you know, i got to see big deer down here. We don't have these in Florida. I'm like, well, if you went out, you might see some. you actually hunt. He said he was hunted out. <laughs> he like, did. It's like day three, bro. <laughs> uh, How did everybody's gear do on uh, the heavy rain? Oh, man. <laughs> Shawnee. Minkus, why don't you start? I want to hear about your Sitka. I think you had the best experience. <laughs> so, uh, the Sitka gear paid for itself. So let's I talk about how much rain. Let's. Not funny. It was it was <laughs> raining so, so it, it was, was raining so hard. Thirty mile an hour winds. Yep. We had to like hold on our bows because they were jangling like wind chimes let's on the bow hooks. Let's also explain the fact that we spent all morning talking ourselves into going out. Like, oh, it's not going to be that bad. Oh, it's only going to be bad for this amount of time. Oh, like that was literally our entire conversation all morning. We it was like was tropical storm type Let me make it clear. Like her, it was rain. bad the whole fucking time. <laughs> like the entire time. It finally, the weather finally came down. So it's not like it was rainy in 80. No, it was rainy in like 45. And it was blowing hard. And uh, my Sitka gear performed <laughs> well. Uh, I got a little cold, um, especially at the end when the wind really picked up. But... But you, your under your underlayment was not wet. No, like I was good. Uh, your biggest inconvenience is you had to use your glove to wipe off your binos, which was a waste of time. Anyways, it was raining so hard I couldn't see. Yeah, shit. you got to put the cap back on. I brought my cap with me. Even if I even cap on or off, like it was raining so hard. Even Matt was like, "What do you do with your binos?" And I was like, "All oh, cocky, like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> they'll be fine." No. Like, it, the binos are fine now, but, like, it was raining so Mine hard. Mine aren't. Actually, one of the lenses is uh, fogged on the inside. i got to figure that one out. Yeah, you got to buy quality. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, maybe we go in order of least bad experience. So that's probably me next. Uh, I was also wearing my Sitka gear, but my Sitka gear is not the rain gear. Um, but I had one wet spot where I realized that my, um, you know, it's got those vented zippers mm -hmm. under the armpit. Uh, that was open a little bit. So I had some water down my right side. But outside of that, I was... I was dry. The worst part of my experience was we got back after running oh, out and yeah. everything. I stood up out of my truck, and all of the water on my pants went down because the sitka doesn't go over my boots. It has to go in them. It went down. They're like and skinny jeans. Literally, absolutely soaked my socks. But Steve came through with the boot warmer or boot yep. dryer. I was cold, and I was a little bit damp, but um, my underlayment was not wet. Uh, I think you guys both, Matt, yours probably I'm, wasn't as bad as Shawnee's. I don't know no. if mine was as bad as his. I just bitched about it more. Uh, I, I think Shawnee's <laughs> was worse. Shawnee's was not a fucking field edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had, had a no little cover. bit of cover. I was in the woods a little bit. I had some cover. I was under a tree. It, I'll be honest with you, my gear was okay. The problem was my packing. So so I packed some water-resistant gear, and it's it's cold-weather stuff. It has a hood and everything. It's a pretty heavy coat. Well, on day three, when it rained so bad, it was still, like, semi-warm. So I had my, my kind of warm weather stuff on. 
and um, water resistant. The jacket doesn't have a hood, which was my problem. So everything that hit my hat ran down my neck. And that's what got me wet. Your in my shirt chest. was soaked. My shirt was soaked. It didn't go through the jacket. It just went down my neck and my back. And my pants were dry, but they have like an inner thigh vent that's like mesh for some reason. So all the water hit my leg and then it ran into So the, your balls the mesh. can breathe. And so, yeah. Well, my balls were soaked. So uh, my balls were wet and my shirt was wet. Um, other than that, I did okay. And Shawnee? Shawnee did not do okay. Yeah, I'm sitting on a field edge, right? None of my stuff's waterproof. My outside jacket is... Um, and since he put us in stands where the wind was in our face every time, so we weren't downwind, the deer yeah, wouldn't yeah, get downwind of us, yeah. the wind, the rain's in your face. Mikas told me before, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to bundle up. It's going to be cold with this rain and wind. I was like, nah, I'll be fine. <laughs> So he, even offered, he, wrong? he even offered for you to wear extra gear. I don't think it was that day. It was the okay, very so next <laughs> day. I think he felt day. bad. <laughs> um, but my, my outer jacket is water resistant, um, not waterproof. <laughs> Dude, it's <laughs> water resistant at all. <laughs> the only thing that's waterproof are my boots. <laughs> Your jacket was not. There was nothing water. It didn't. It resisted zero this is, water. Some of this camo yeah. is um, when you think about like what your dad or your grandpa wear when the camo is uh, like thicker and really puffy and a lot of insulation. So your your coat was kind of like that. I bet no, that coat. I was, was wearing this one. Was it? Yeah. What, was I didn't it the wear pants? My, I didn't wear my heavy one. Oh. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was like thirty pounds heavier than what you what it was when you got it. When you put it on, yeah, all your gear correct. was saturated. Yeah. <laughs> but you got you got down. Yeah, so I get up there, and it's just starting to sprinkle when I walk out. <laughs> sit in my stand. <laughs> he said within 10 minutes he was yeah. under the tree. Yeah, sit in my stand for 10 minutes. It's downpouring. I said, fuck that. Grabbed my bow, left everything up there, left my backpack, my bino harness up in the stand. Get down, grab my bow, go find a tree with leaves to sit under. For the next two hours. <laughs> and someone texts. It slows down. No, 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 no. I was like, is this supposed to slow down? Mika goes, it just did. <laughs> 30 seconds later, it does. So I get back up in the stand. And there's like an hour left till I can't see. Get back up in the stand. Five minutes later, it starts to downpour again. I was like, well, I'm already fucking stoned. <laughs> Might as well sit it out. I was I was half tempted to call Steve and be like, dude, you gotta come pick me up. I can't Steve do this. Steve was amazed that we all stayed out. Oh yeah. Like he yeah. was blown away that we stayed and out. Then I get down and Matt's not sitting too far from me. I was so fucking pissed. So Mikas is <laughs> Mikas is supposed to come pick me and Matt up, right? I'm so fucking pissed. I get down from my stand, walk three quarters of a mile down the road to Matt just to speed the process up. And then I drove to Shawnee anyways, and he yeah. wasn't Because <laughs> I didn't, because I like ran, like Shawnee just said, fuck this, I'm getting down. And so it was dark at that point. So I run to my truck, <clears throat> just throw everything in, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just go pick up Shawnee first because he's <laughs> clearly having the worst time as all of us. And uh, I go there, and I'm like, man, like, where's he at? And I look at my phone, and <laughs> he's over there with, with Matt. Yeah, me and Matt had to, had to wait in the woods. Yeah, we were just huddled together under a tree oh, we were <laughs> trying to get cover. fucked by the wind. Yep. Uh, so then the next, the next morning is when I was the only one out of the six people at camp that was going to go out. 
I'm like everyone else is like 35 mile or wind storm no way not doing it not a chance um Matt's like uh you know I don't want my gear to get wet and then not be able to hunt tonight so I was the only one gonna go out I was like you know what screw this I'm going I'm here we only got 10 hunts which one of that math would say is okay I'm not willing to give up 10 percent of my hunt so Steve comes Steven comes in and he goes, it's not supposed to rain till like 11. You guys got to get out there. The deer are going to be freshening up the scrapes. I'm like, my, the radar says it's going to rain at like 8. He goes, no, 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 we're good. Um, and he goes, if you guys aren't going, fine. You know what? You don't want to go. That's fine. But the deer are going to be out. Matt goes, uh, okay, okay. Sean, he, he, peer pressured, he peer pressured the hell out of it. Mink, first thing, Minkus wakes up at 4 in the morning. Somebody says, 35 mile an hour winds. He goes, what did you say? Nah, fuck that. <laughs> and then I think he grabs him out and doing sits on the couch for like an hour while we're all getting ready. Yeah, and then I texted Shawnee and I said, There ain't a fucking chance I'm going out. So this Matt morning. and I go out. It um it got lighted it gets lighted about seven. About about seven thirty, it was downpouring again. Oh yeah. <laughs> like crazy actually the winds weren't as bad as I thought they were gonna be. So about nine o'clock. No, it was 8.30. You're not giving yourself that extra. Is that when we, is that was, when we got down was 8.30? Yeah, there was a group text. Yeah, Steve, you can come get us now. <laughs> <laughs> this was not the best idea. And Steve, they get back, and Steve's like, yeah, I thought it was going to hold off longer. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will tell you, we did find out Steve is not a fan of the sky dumps. Ooh. Which show? I'm sorry. I was I was hoping we wouldn't get into this today. <laughs> yeah, we're getting into it. Uh, you can, I'm, with your superior editing skills, I'm sure you can cut this part out. <laughs> but uh, Joe, don't fucking touch it. <laughs> we, I think uh, it's like day three. I hadn't taken any yet, and uh, I said uh, you hadn't even pooped yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I had even pooped yet. Yeah, um, and so. Uh, <laughs> So we had loosened Steve up a little bit, so I was like, hey, Steve, hypothetical question. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, asked him about the sky dumps, and he was like, uh, no. Like, he goes, if you you shit out of your tree stand, you're sitting there the rest of the time. Uh, he said, I had a guy do that, and he I made him sit there. No, no, no. He, the guy didn't take a sky dump. The guy got down and just shit on the side of the tree that he was sitting in. And he said they didn't see deer for a week, and he made that guy sit that stand the whole time because he wasn't going to ruin it for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, he wanted you to walk like 30 yards away. Yeah. So, leads me to this morning. <laughs> I can get up in the tree stand and right on cue. Okay. <laughs> I got to go. And I got to go bad. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, there's no way I can get away with shitting out of this tree. So, I get down as fast as I can. Now, mind you, I had to. I had to you know what? I'm I'm shocked you did that. That takes a lot of respect to be able to do that because uh, at my house, on our property in Michigan, you got no problem shitting out of my tree stands and shitting all over the side of the trees. <laughs> and I got to walk through that shit the next day. So you don't have to walk uh, through it. You, you, it's it's on the correct side of the tree. He but uh, I have some courtesy. I, I shit on the opposite <laughs> side of where you're gonna walk in. <laughs> but so uh, also. Yeah, I had to borrow some toilet paper from Steve because the rain ruined all mine. But, yeah, I was running through the fucking woods this morning <laughs> to, to get away from that tree stand so that way I could uh, not ruin it for everyone else and go to the bathroom without shit in my pants, which I thought was coming for sure because I couldn't find my light. Like, I was, like, looking for my light, and I was, like, in a panic because I was getting all nervous. <laughs> and, uh, so I like couldn't find my light. Then I found my light, and then I couldn't get the 
the clip off for my harness. So once I finally got that down, I zoomed down and just fucking booked it through the woods like 40, 50 yards away. <laughs> <laughs> fucking did what I had to do. But, yeah, so no. if Joe was here, this is where he would try to segue out of the sky dump discussion. Joe was in for a hurt. Hey, should we... um? No. <laughs> Should we talk about the the phone call that you got from the invest investigator who was talking no, about? No, because I want to li- I want to play the voicemail. Okay. So, okay. Well, but I'm not worried. We'll about we'll it. hold that one for later. It'll then. be on another episode. But what are we at on time there, Mink? I don't know. I can't see fucking anything, and I lost my phone. I'm not good with lights, apparently. Oh, that was fucking dumb. What do you guys um? What do you guys got going on the rest of the year? Where are you guys hunting? Michigan. In the woods. In the woods. That's the what woods. when we would ask Stephen where we're hunting, he'd say like, the, the phrase of the week in the woods. Uh, Minkus, what um what do you got going on the rest of the year? Uh it's just Michigan. Um my wife My place in Corona, the, the lease in Ovid. You're doing you're gonna you keep saying you're gonna do some public land. I did go to public land once. Okay. Uh will I probably hit it again? Eh, I don't know. It depends on what everything looks like when I get back, but uh, late season, I should be able to hit real hard because I get four weeks of paid time off and I have a kid, and so uh, I'll just be at home a lot, so I'll be able to go hunting. I home. thought you were going to say at home with nothing to do, and uh, your wife would probably disagree with you. So they give you those four weeks so you can help take care of this newborn. I'll be able to help. Yeah. There's a lot less daylight at that time. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know. And I'm probably not going to wake up in the morning to go hunting at any point during that time because I'm not going to sleep at all during the night. So You're not going to try to sneak down to Ohio for a couple days? Zero percent chance. Okay. Um, that's I'm, Yeah, I'm just going to be hunting Michigan. Any specific bucks on camera you're trying to target? No, I'm hoping they're there when I get back. There was a lot of scrapes starting to open up when I got left, and I put a bunch of – I put at least one or two cameras on those scrapes. So I'm hoping that – There'll be something there when we get back. Because when we get back, it should be really starting to go. I mean, a lot of people I've talked to from back home are saying that bucks are starting to get up and cruise a little bit. They're definitely responding a little bit to calls. Um, So uh, I'm really probably going to try to hopefully get out. But I'm hoping that it's going to be heated up when we get back. Yeah. Shawnee? You already um, put a buck on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to take a week off when you get back. What? Yep. yep. Why? I got things to do. Oh. Yeah. Where are you hunting at? You got uh, you got a few permission pieces this year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, I got to take some does off your property, thin the herd out a little bit there. And then I got a place in Bancroft where I took my buck last week. Um, I'm not sure about does out there, but... He's got he's got some good bucks still running around out there, so maybe is that for, a friend? Yep. Okay. Yep, it's work buddy. Um, so maybe look for another buck out there or. Damn, I need better work buddies. Mine keep yeah. telling me no. Yeah. They are not as open as Steve are. Most no, people aren't though. Most people when they meet me are not as. I would say Sean is also a nicer human being. They're quite so. as happy about seeing me as Steve was. Yeah, I kind of ease into them, though. Just, <laughs> you just got to send it. Hey, can I, sh- can I shit in your tree stand? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, taking a couple of those off there and maybe looking for another buck. Matt, what do you got going on? I feel like I got a couple opportunities. I live on eight acres in Dallas, Georgia, so I've got a nice, it looks like a 12-pointer, 11 or 12-pointer on camera there. 
So I'm really going after him. And, and a shit ton of turkeys on there's camera. A, there's too. a boatload of turkeys that keep coming through. The problem is it's only eight acres. So, I mean, I'm just waiting for him to walk through. But I've got only that. eight acres. Well, In you know. In Michigan, that's, that's all you need. Yeah, these small tracts of land. Um, I'm in a hunting club in Sparta, Georgia, that I've hunted zero times this year, so I need to get out there and do that. We got deer, we got hogs. Uh, Mike's been down there. Mike took a buck off it, actually, so yep. um, I need to get down there and, and hunt that. Uh, probably not renewing that next year, so I kind of want to get down there and take something off it this year. Also, spoiler alert, hopefully uh, that group doesn't listen to this before we tell them. Ooh, <laughs> yep. Well, they probably uh, see it coming uh, from me since uh, I haven't been down there. We'll have to ask Joe what the ratings are in Georgia. I wonder how many, how many <laughs> I'm people. I'm going to bet slim to nine. There's probably two. Uh, Matt and I both live there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, well, that's it. <laughs> and then our um, Muscadine, Alabama property. Yep. We hunted that for the first time. I guess that was, what, last week? Yeah. So looking to get out there, too. we got some good bucks on camera. You know, your guys' rut in Alabama is a lot different than here. It's oh, it's, it's weird. Yeah. So there's uh, it's late. There's, what, three uh strains of doe so it's really like mid to late november through um basically mid-december yeah most of the podcasts that i've listened to historically have been like mid midwest based podcasts you know obviously you guys um aaron blicey on the fall podcast and the working class guys but uh, i found one that's called the southern outdoorsman and they brought on this guy that did a trail cam study with one of the universities in alabama and the part of Alabama that we're in actually has three different doe strains that have kind of migrated in from different parts. And um, so the rut, there's there's actually three different ruts where the does are going to go into heat at different times. So really anywhere, like Matt said, from, from early December, and, and the season goes through mid-February, which is awesome. Um, for us, we get an extra six weeks of hunting from what I'm used to. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun in Alabama. And what I'm excited about it, man, Al- that Alabama property is holding a lot of different animals. So we've got deer that goes through February. Um, there's turkeys on camera, and there's two two turkey seasons in Alabama. So you've got a short turkey season in the fall around Thanksgiving, and then another one in the spring. And then we're on the Tallapoosa River, and we have a pond, and there's um, you know waterfowl opportunities. So I'm excited to get into that too. What about rabbits? You know, I'm, there's got to be rabbits in the clear cut. Um, we'll bring the world-class beagles down. We need to do that. I would wild. absolutely love that. I don't know. How far is it from Michigan to Alabama? It's it's same as Atlanta. I mean, you're probably talking 11 hours. Oh, world-class Worth beagles it. will not be world-class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I'll tell you that much. So this this property is unique. It's 122 acres, and then we did, we're adding a 10-acre section, actually. We closed Friday. In two days, we had 10 acres to it. Uh, so we're going to have 132 acres, 1,800 feet along the Tallapoosa River, and eight and a half of the acres are on the other side of the river, which is pretty cool. Uh, huge elevation changes, like we said. 27 acres was clear cut three years ago. So now it's just like ragweed, ragweed, milkweed, prime rabbit habitat. And it's it's thick and brushy in some areas. We got some bob. We got a bobcat on camera as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found a hog skull when we were walking it. There's no hog sign out there. It sounds like they just go through from time to time. Um, but yeah, we're, we're pumped about it, getting into some more habitat management. Um, yeah, really looking forward to getting that property. And then we got to hunt in December, Matt. Yeah, we're doing pheasant hunting in, is it South Dakota? Yeah, South Dakota. Uh, I've never done that before, so I'm pretty excited about that too. There's a, there's a partner that we work with that, uh, he's got a couple of businesses. One is like a balance system that we have in our clinics. Matt and I are both physical therapists and, um, he also has a uh, like an outdoor company. So he invited Matt and I to come out for five days to go check out the factory for the, um, the track system, but also to hunt for three days while we're there. 
Uh, all we got to do is get ourselves there and bring our guns, and uh, we get three days of pheasant hunt, which I've never hunted pheasants before. So I'm pretty sure that <clears throat> the, the, both the South and North Dakota are like the Prime. top destinations oh, yeah. for pheasant hunting yeah. in yep. the country. Yep. So that should be pretty cool because I imagine there's not many in Alabama and <laughs> Michigan. They're here, but it's the tracts of land are so small to hunt them is just not ideal. Um, so <clears throat> that'll be something pretty cool. I've, I've always wanted to go pheasant hunting. I've always thought that'd be super cool. And he's got some. He's got dogs and all that that they take out and everything too. So yeah, it sounds like a pretty nice operation he's got going. And then Matt, you just went on a. Um, you just went to Louisiana and did a bunch of fishing too. I did, yeah. Uh, so went down to Louisiana. My, my grandpa is from there. Uh, we call him Papa. He's Italian. And uh, so we went down there and did kind of a generational trip. It was uh, him and my dad, and then my, I had three uh, brothers that went, and my and my son and, and my brother's kids. So it was, there's basically four generations of us guys that went down there on a guy's trip. Went to a football game, but also did some red fishing down there uh, in, in the brackish water. It was it was a lot of fun. The fishing was kind of slow. It was really still. The water was still. The, the tide hadn't come in, so it wasn't um, wasn't ideal conditions. Kind of like this trip, but uh, <laughs> but it was good. It was a good time. Good camaraderie. A lot of fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question because us mid, um, us Midwest boys have no idea what brackish water means. Mm. Yeah, I so, already asked you this once, but I don't. Do you guys know what that means? No. Okay, tell us what brackish water is for the for the people that are north of the Mason Dixon here. Yeah, so brackish water is basically where lake water, fresh water, meets the salt water, and it comes together in these marshes, and it's kind of the mix. So they call it brackish water. Does it look different? No, it's. I mean, it's real marshy, swampy kind of. Like the alliga- water like looks alligator the same. habitat. Alligator habitat. You see a lot of gators. Yep. Yep. Dude, Steve caught one with his bare hands. You guys see that picture? I did. Yeah. 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 Guy's an animal. You ever do that, Matt? No, no. This is a this is going to be a weird year for me. I'm actually hunting five states this year, which is kind of crazy to think about. So Matt and I are on that hunt club in 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 Georgia. I killed the buck off it before we came here. Put an arrow through a hog, um, and then there's a few other good bucks that are out there. And that season goes. How long does that season go, Matt? Uh, end of January. Yeah. So we get to hunt out there. Like Matt said, we're probably not renewing it. It's just too far from our place. Um, I've got two acres in, in Metro Atlanta, uh, in Cobb <laughs> County and I got a, Atlanta. and I had four bucks on camera, two of which are, are nice bucks. Big One's bucks. got a cool drop time with the kicker off of it. So, uh, 20 feet off my front porch, I got a tree stand, which is legal there. You just have landowner permission, which I do. Um, I'll, I'll be up in Michigan the week of Thanksgiving, solid four or five days to hunt up there. We came here from Missouri and then, um, Matt, like Matt said, we're going on this pheasant hunt. So. Five different states is kind of crazy. It's a busy year. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think you'd kill more animals. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> you should get some pheasants. I don't know if pheasants are weather dependent or not, but hopefully it's good. But it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. It's in December. Yeah. I'm actually nervous about it. It's going to be really cold. Well, the nice thing about pheasant hunting is you're, you're walking. moving. Yeah. So it's not as bad. But, all right. Well, um, I don't think... Matt, do you have pheasants or, or I said pheasants, Facebook or Instagram? Uh, I do. Tag, oh, I'll have to add you, and then I'll make Joe tag you in it. Perfect. And then Mike, we already know. Shawnee, we already know. So other than that, I mean, <clears throat> we had a great time down here in Missouri. Hopefully we get to, to Michigan, Atlanta, Alabama. Uh, yeah, you know. we'd love to have you down, and um, you guys could both come down. We could shoot some hogs on that hunt lease we have in Sparta. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that this year. i got a whole baby coming. Wow. 
we're not going to have it next year. So, uh, sorry, I not hope sorry. It's a whole baby. Huh? So I hope it's a whole baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. So, uh, well, other than that, then uh, we'll we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.